The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. Once again, this week is no exception. Today we're going to talk about the leader of the Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, and the lessons we can all learn from this unexpected leader. There's a book out, it's called Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky by my guest, Jesse Asya Kanzer. And it's about the lessons that Zelensky can teach us about kind of his own experiences of being a regular guy who, who became president of the Ukraine and now is on the world stage tackling uh, the invasion of the Russia into the Ukraine. And it's an amazing story. And uh, I'm not going to get into the politics of the whole thing because there's a lot of layers. It goes very deep. And uh, we want to talk about the positive aspects of what this man can teach us from what he's demonstrated and from his life experience. You know, Zelensky was, he was a, I think he was like a busker in the Ukraine. And uh, he became an actor, a comedic, comedic actor. And he was on this show called Servant of the People, where he played a regular guy who became president of the Ukraine. And then a few years later, he became president of the Ukraine. So here's a case where life imitates art. And he's a pretty humble guy. Um, he's got this uh, list of lessons that he's really taught us that Jesse Kanzer, my guest, teaches us in this book, Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, Lessons We Can All Learn from an Unexpected Leader. You know, Zelensky captivated the world when Russia invaded his country in February 2022. He demonstrated a lot of bravery, expert communication skills, and spirit. And they were just not noted, but celebrated all over the world. Regardless of what your political affiliations are, you've got to admit this guy has been uh, excelling at communication and leadership in his country and being able to uh, kind of get a lot of other countries to, to back him and his people and to uh, pledge financial assistance and a lot more than that to the efforts of the Ukrainians uh, as they battle Putin and Russia. So again, we're not going to get into the politics of it. We want to focus on some of the lessons that Zelensky has learned himself and articulated uh, that are crafted into this book, Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, about empathy and leadership and uh, micro, macro manifestation and so many other areas that he gets into that can help the regular people really demonstrate how to be a hero, if you will, and I'll put that in quotes, in your day-to-day life. One of his tenets is, how may I serve? Uh, knowing your purpose, knowing your audience, being real, speaking the truth, respecting the children as guideposts, letting, letting freedom echo, going from fear to love, 
and remembering that the whole is greater than its part. So there's a lot of information here in the book. Again, I'm not getting into the politics of it because it's a very divisive uh, issue. Uh, America so is supporting the Ukraine financially, and so is a lot of other, so are a lot of other countries around the world. But we want to focus on this man Zelensky's story, his personal story, and some of the lessons he's learned and is sharing with us in this book called Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. In my conversation with my guest, Jesse Asya Kanzer, who's a pretty interesting person herself. We're going to get into all of that here on Guys Guys Radio today. So, without further ado, let's uh, move forward and get into a discussion about unlocking your inner Zelensky right here on Guys Guys Radio. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio is the interview portion of our show, and today we're going to talk about something that we usually don't get into on Guys Guys Radio. We're going to talk about a very active area in the world, the Ukraine. We're going to talk about Vladimir Zelensky, and we're also going to talk about it um, from the perspective of some of his uh, teachings, if you will. He's kind of a regular guy in a lot of ways, and um, you know, putting the politics and what's going on there aside, he's got a lot of good lessons in terms of how to live your best lives. And that's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. So I'm excited about that. It's new territory for us. My special guest is Jesse Asia Kanzer. And he's got a book. It's called Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. So it's really about what's inside. It's not about the political per, uh, situation per se. Lessons we can all learn from an unexpected leader. He's a regular guy. So let me tell you a little bit about uh, Jesse. Uh, Jesse is an award-winning author of Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, which is about the Tao Te Ching. Uh, unlocking uh, your inner Zelensky is a new book. Born in the Soviet Union, left at age eight, former reporter, actress, once found herself on the set of a, a Zelensky film. And for those who don't know it, and we'll get into all this today, Zelensky was an actor and a comedian. And his his backstory in terms of how he became president is fascinating. I'll let Jesse tell that. And uh, Jesse's writings have been appeared in the New York Times, USA Today, Washington Post. She's been interviewed all over the place. She lives in Dobbs Ferry. And uh, the new book is Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. So I'm very pleased to bring on somebody very new and fresh to Guys Guys Radio, Jesse Asia Hanser. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. Uh, my pleasure. So I, I, one of the things we talked about before we got on the air is I really want to use this as an opportunity to introduce Ukraine to uh, the people who are listening and watching the show, because we get uh, everything through the filter of our news media, and it's always stilted one way or the other. So let's talk about the country itself. From what I've read, it's a beautiful place. It's the largest country of Europe, and it's a real fertile crescent in the way it's like great for agriculture and other things. So tell us about a little bit about Ukraine. And then I also want to hear about, and I think our listeners and viewers want to hear about your backstory. Sure. And so you're right. It's it's the breadbasket of Europe, really, or of the world, as some people even call it, because it produces so much wheat, for example. Uh, it is, And it's been a huge, huge producer of wheat for um, lower socioeconomic countries who are struggling now. And that's in the book as well. And unlocking your Zelensky, this butterfly effect of what happens when something's off in one place of the world. So that's really affected hunger levels in the poorer countries of the world because Ukraine was so important in its wheat production for those countries. So 
Ukraine was the first place I ever went to. I was born in um, Latvia, which was then Soviet Latvia, Riga, Latvia. Uh, Ukraine was my first trip because that's where my dad, my papa is from. That's where his dad is from. That's where my grandparents for many, many generations are from and are buried there. And um, my my dad grew up in a place called Vinitsa in Ukraine. When we went, we had relatives everywhere there. So we visited Odessa, we visited Kiev, we visited Vinitsa. And what I remember, you know, I was five on my first trip to Ukraine. But I have a good memory. And um, I remember this very jovial spirit that was quite different from the uh, strict Soviet upbringing that I had, not so much for my family, but just I was institutionalized really the way children were there. You know, from age two, you're in a daycare center for the bulk of the day. School becomes six days a week. And you're really in this very um, Soviet sort of regime. You become part of it when you're young. But when I went to Ukraine, even though Ukraine then was Soviet Ukraine, I remember a very joyful spirit um, from my aunts overfeeding me to just the elderly on the streets starting conversations with me. And so even then, it was almost like darker, grayer shades of life versus like this bright spirit. I remember that difference from that long ago. And of course, in the last, sadly, it's, I mean, it's coming up on two years in February. Um, I've been very taken aback by the people. And, you know, there's a there's a quote from one of Zelensky's advisors. He says, in a time of crisis, he's like a lens that channels the energy of the people into a single beam. So we talk, I mean, the book is about Zelensky. I talk a lot about Zelensky, but it's really the Ukrainian spirit, the modern Ukrainian spirit. And I've been very amazed by that spirit of just even, even the guts to stand up to you know, what was seemingly the second scariest, largest army of the world, just to give it a shot, just to stand up to that, to protect your freedom. To me, that was very inspiring, continues to be. Now for, um, you you live in Dobbs Ferry, New York, right? Yes. Okay. Now, when was the last time you've been back to the Ukraine? How often do you travel there? How in touch do you have relatives there? I I haven't been back to Ukraine in ages. I've been back to Latvia, Riga, Latvia, because that's my birthplace where I'm from. Mm -hmm. I have uh, my my grandma, my old, old babushka passed away this summer. She was 91, but she has a cousin who lives in Mykolaiv, which is in in, uh, Ukraine. And it's she's the exact same age. So a very elderly woman who still lives there. And can't go to bomb shelters and things like that. Just chooses not to, but also can't. She's elderly. So she's been living through this. And, um, you know, I have a lot of, there's a lot, there's a whole Soviet immigrant community here. And there's a lot of us that come from the Ukraine. I have, you know, as much as like my daughter's gymnastics coach is from Kiev. There's a a lot of people with connections, but I haven't been back in quite a while. I would love to go back, but uh, in safer times. Mm-hmm. Now, um, just again, for the benefit of our, our audience, I'm very curious, like myself, I don't know that much about the area, but I do know from traveling worldwide is we get some uh, we get some information. It's not always necessarily true. I'll give you an example. I visited Turkey with my family this summer as part of a trip through Europe. And um, I was always told that, you know, Turks and Greeks, they don't get along. And that's a political thing because the people there, everybody I spoke to were like, yeah, I go to Greece. We have friends who are from Greece. It's And then when you look at Ukraine and Russia, there's a lot of Russians who are in the Ukraine. There's people like yourself. They speak Russian. Um, 
there's a, you know, it's, it's, it's not, there's a, it doesn't seem to be, and help me with this, a distinction between that's Ukrainian and that's Russian. It's, it's a, it's a whole big cultural thing, which makes this current situation so difficult to fathom. So Zelensky himself was a native Russian speaker like, like me. And in Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, I think in the very beginning, I go into this, this sense of identity that this war made me question. Um, and I have understood what modern Ukraine represents is not, it's not what we see in the news, but it's also not what it used to be. So it's not that Ukraine right now is just uh, fighting for Ukrainians because there are ethnically Russian people within Ukraine who who became part of the territorial defense and took up arms because they want to raise their children in a free democracy. And so um, there is, it's not a, a fight between Russians and Ukrainians. It's a fight between a more modern and democratic European way of life that the bulk of Ukrainians want. And by Ukrainians, I mean people who live there. That includes ethnic Russians. It includes Jews like Zelensky. Mm-hmm. Um, it includes um, Crimean Tartars who are Muslim, for example. You know, this is this is not just an ethnically Ukrainian person fighting against an ethnically, ethnically Russian person. So that might get okay. lost in what we watch in the news. It's really anybody who lives there who wants to continue to live in a free country and does not want to be ruled by Putin and co. Again, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio, we're talking about our inner Zelensky and uh, what's going on in Ukraine, Ukrainian culture, the Russian culture. And really, we're looking at a a perspective from culture and like the ordinary person uh, being the best they can be. So let's talk a little bit about you met Zelensky on a film set. So tell us his backstory, because he's a regular guy. And uh, he had my understanding is he had a TV show, Servant of the People, I think it was called. And it was about a regular guy who becomes yeah. president. And then yeah. he's a regular guy and he becomes president. So it was life imitating art. Is that kind of the. Yes. And they even named their party, him and his um, his administration named the party servant of the people after mm. the show. <laughs> OK, so, so how did you meet him? Yeah. So I'll go back a little back. So so Zelensky, like myself, a Jewish Soviet child growing up in the Soviet Union back then, not so much difference. One one kind of autocracy. So the Soviet Union falls. For me, personally, my family emigrated. I was eight. It was 1989. We went through a couple of different countries. We ended up in America, very happily so. We were waiting for asylum status. So we had to wait in other countries, you know, and and pursued our freedom, opportunity, etc. here. Now, Zelensky, who was in Ukraine, went through an immigration of his own. Everybody there did, because when the Soviet Union fell, for a long time, it was a disaster. Um, a lot of uh, gangs in the place where he's from, Krivayrich is what it's called, and a lot of gangs on the streets. And he was always um, a creative person. In, there's a story he was trying to play guitar in the street. The gangs accosted him, you know, broke his guitar. And he was always jokey. He always found humor uh, to, to deal with stuff. And he said, well, I guess they're not ready for my music. So then he went on and... Uh, pursued comedy, created a comedy troupe, spoken Russian then, by the way, that it was a Russian speaking comedy troupe and continued to slowly, slowly over time, rise his star, like get to where he wanted to go as a comedian and as an actor. His parents didn't want him to pursue that. He went to law school, but still he kept trying. And eventually 
when I met him in 2009, it was his first feature film. That was his, on his first feature film ever being filmed. And a part of it was being filmed in New, New York because the film was about Russian expats living in New York, dating, etc. And he was one of just three major stars in this film. So this is 2009, one of three major stars, his first big film. I have a tiny little part. Um, I had a lot of fun in this, this production, a lot of champagne, very Russian production style over the top. So this guy met him briefly. In 2019, my brother sends me a text that, hey, this guy you were in a movie with was the elected president. And so I've been following him since that moment because to me, what was so striking was how far he'd come in the span of 10 years. How he was just this up and coming actor who won an election 10 years later by over 70% of the vote. And the story goes that as Russia started tightening its screws on Ukraine, as you, and that happened as Ukrainians were revolting and wanting more freedom, he be, became more involved and more supportive of this freedom that he wanted to keep. And eventually he created this show. And he said the point of that show, Servant of the People, was to remind folks that this is not how it should be. It was not a show about how things were. It was how things could be. And that's what he wanted to put in people's heads. It didn't have to be like this. It didn't have to be corrupt, tied to Russia so much. Um, so over the top, like the show shows really well how much money is wasted, for example, on unnecessary uh, personnel and unnecessary hoopla that the government, you know, kind of funds. And so he made a name for himself with the show and the people of Ukraine really connected with that message. And that's why he was able to run and win by such a large percentage. Okay. And what year did he win the election? 2019. Okay. So he's actually relatively new in the position. So, wow, what an amazing journey for an individual to go through from having your guitar broken, playing in the street, becoming (laughs) president at the, you know, hotspot in the world right now, one of the hotspots, like amazing. So, a takeaway, it sounds like that the beef isn't really between the, the Ukrainian people and the Russian people because they have so much in common. It's really political and it's about Putin's regime versus another country wanting to like not stay under the thumb there and be able to do their whole thing. Now, is, is that that's kind of uh, where to, we're I would say degree. I would add that there are people um, Russia has always been not always, but for a very, very long time has been a very autocratic place. You know, my own grandparents were uh, in the Stalin camps. Um, It was, and people, it was, it's very easy to brainwash people in a place like that. So I would say, and they've always been derogatory towards Ukrainians and other ethnicities. And so there are Russian people who look down on Ukrainians. That was part of the propaganda of the Soviet Union continuing of Putin. So I would say, I hope there are People in Russia who still think for themselves, I think there they're always are, always will be. A lot of them have been jailed. A lot of people did come out and protest within Russia and were jailed. So it's a mix. There are people who were brainwashed by Putin, who support Putin very strongly within Russia. The ones who don't have to sadly keep quiet if they don't want to go to jail now, because a lot of people have been jailed. Okay. Uh, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Jesse Asiakanzer, Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. Um, You know, we talk about uh, some of the lessons of Zelensky uh, shows us. Um, One is the great power of ordinariness. Now, I think we've seen some of that because he comes from kind of regular roots and kind of worked his way up and was catapulted into this position. 
tell us a little bit about this lesson, if you will, the great power of ordering for how how the rest of us can use this to be the best version of ourselves. Yeah, and thank you for reminding me of that always, because that's actually how this book was born. Unlucky Ernest Zelensky was uh, because I saw this guy in real life. And then 10 years later, he was the head of a country. And then soon after, when the war started, I was amazed by his uh, moral clarity to just be like, no, we're going to stand up. And that's what the people wanted. He represented the people. I was amazed by his kind of strength and power given that he didn't have that much political experience. And so that is his great lesson. That is one of the great lessons that I write about in the book is, you know, when he was elected, he said, I'm not a politician. I'm just a simple person who has come to break down the system. And then again, when he was given last year, he was given the time person of the year award. And he said, every one of us is the leader of our time. And so he continuously kept saying, we're all ordinary people. And, in watching how he's been, how he's been able to not just remain this regular person, but he's been using that to his advantage. So, um, for example, showing up in country after country, whether on Zoom or in person later, and continuing to wear the green army tee or the the sweatshirt, the khaki sweatshirt, you know, what he was doing, and he explained it in one of the interviews, he's like, my country's at war. And I don't want anyone to look at me and forget that because that's why I'm here. He's there because his country is at war and he's very good at wearing that ordinariness and using it as part of his message. Okay. Um, another one of his lessons that I think we can all learn from is integrity. How may I serve the mindset? And, and here in America, we're very much what's in it for me. I see it more and more and more that everybody's really out for themselves and it's sad. And uh, hearing words like integrity, sometimes they don't even mean anything anymore because people don't consider those things. And they're really important. Or how may I serve? I interviewed a wonderful man a couple of weeks ago, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, and he came on. How can I serve? He said that he's one of the world's spiritual teachers. And he came to me on my show and said, how can I serve? He said it like three times. So it's so important that we always remember that we are connected. Talk to us about your view and Zelensky's view on that. Yeah, and I, I um, studied with Neil Donald Walsh actually um, a couple of years ago, so big fan as well. Um, Zelensky has said several times that he he uh, before the war began he planned on just serving for one term. He wanted to change things. He wanted to shake things up because he didn't like one of the things as you spoke of it was the corruption. He didn't like he didn't like the stagnation of the government. And so when he was elected, he said, those of you who say nothing can be done, something can be done. Just write your name on the resignation letter and let's figure this out. He wanted to shake things up. And so he wasn't there like for himself. He said, I'm willing in order to save the lives of my troops. Back then there was just the conflict in Crimea going on. So for those who don't know, in 2014, Russia annexed Crimea, and there was that conflict going on there. It wasn't a bigger conflict yet. He said, for my troops to stop losing their lives, I'm willing to to give up my post. If I'm able to do it, you know, and my post has to go, that's fine. So he has continued to keep his people, what, he, what is he there to do to serve his people, right? Servant of the people, the name of the show, the name of his party. When asked, like, recently, like, aren't you tired? Haven't you gotten tired? And he said, I can't do worse than my people are doing. So the people are tired, but they keep doing what they have to do. I get strength from those people that I'm here to serve. So I can't do a worse job than the people I'm serving are doing. Mm -hmm. And so because 
he's puts the that service attitude first. Like, what am I here to do to serve the people? So I will wear my green army tee so people know that my people right now are hurting. They're at war. So because he keeps that in the front of his mind, that's that helps with the humility that doesn't let one think I am all this and I'm all that and I'm at the top. It's a it's a humble way to to lead. Let me uh, give you a little pushback on that. I was just reading an article yesterday about um, the former boxer mayor of Kiev. Klitschko, yes. Klitschko. And uh, he was kind of complaining about, you know, hey, it's too authoritarian now. We can't make our own decisions. And what's uh, your thoughts on that? Do you think that's part of the just the stress and the pressure of what's going on in the war? Or yeah, I, I did. I, I, you, I Right now, he definitely has been getting pushback from Klitschko, um, who is the mayor of Kiev. Yep. Um, I think it's a really hard time. I mean, look at the infighting in our government during, I would say, average times, right? Like everything's relatively status quo in America. I'm not going to say it's okay. There are things that are and that aren't, but there's a lot of infighting. It's a very high stress time there. And there are, um, I'm not going to take sides because I don't know the details of what Klitschko is talking about, but I would think someone who's a, you know, world-class champion boxer probably has an ego too there are probably a lot of egos up against one another Mm -hmm. i do know that unfortunately when you're the president or the leader of a war you can't be what you would want to be he's not the kind of leader he wants to be he had all these plans all these plans for you know fixing the infrastructure he'd started that all went underground so i think right now there's probably just one goal right Mm -hmm. survival and to win and do things some liberties definitely gets, you know, swept aside in, the, in that goal. So, yeah, I think okay. human beings always have beef <laughs> in times like this. All right. Another uh, teaching that Zelensky has that you point out in the book is alignment. Um, now, of course, alignment for the Ukraine part of it is geographical. They want to be more European and less Russian. I think probably that actually got under Putin's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't like that at all because he wants to defend Russia and feels that there's a buffer there with Ukraine. If we lose that, then, you know, we're going to lose more and more. So kind of, you know, it's always have to look at two, both sides. But let's talk about the idea, the concept of alignment and how we can apply that to our everyday lives. Yeah. And um, everything you're saying about Ukraine is true, too, um, to point out, because for those who don't know about the country, it's in a really tough spot. So like like literally in a tough spot so we are geographically yeah geographically we um it's made me think how lucky we are in america also geographically how lucky we are geographically to not have you know an enemy right up against us but um i don't think ukraine or zelensky zelensky didn't want to be putin's enemy when this first began he said sit down with me in russian he would say you know in in um press conferences just sit down with me sit down and let's talk i'm just a regular guy but that's not that wasn't Putin's not a regular guy. So that wasn't going to work. So his alignment with what I talk about in the book, the alignment, I'm talking about an energetic alignment. Okay. And I find that any person who's been able to achieve their dreams is, is a master of that. So I wanted to write about how Zelensky did that. I want to write about point that out because it actually holds true across most people who achieve their vision. So for him, when he was young, he had this vision of being a star entertainer. He got there. His vision shifted. He wanted to help his country break out of this threat. And he got there. And so what I talk about is 
this energetic understanding that you have to align with what you want before you get there. And in, in, in his inaugural address, he said to his people, he said, we all want to be part of Europe because that was a big reason they voted for him. A young guy, a young entertainer, very Western um, in his way of living. So they voted for this guy. They wanted to be part of Europe. And he said, we all want to be part of Europe. But first, Europe has to come here. And he pointed to his head. Europe has to be in here. When Europe isn't here, he pointed to his head. It will come to our country. And he was trying to teach them this sense of alignment that you have to internally be what you want to see externally. Okay. Let's take a couple more tips from uh, from the book. Tips from Z. Uh, let me read you one. There's about four or five here in uh, page 42 or 41, I believe. As Z has demonstrated, we build trust with people through transparency and a direct no BS style of communication. I mean, that's nice. I mean, it can go over the top because when now we have uh, our political candidates here, they just, you know, they're 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 direct. But are they telling the truth? Watching some of the debates recently, it's just everybody pointing each out. That's a lie. No, you're a liar. No, you're a liar. And, uh, you know, the direct style of communication is in some ways refreshing because we get so much BS. But on the other hand, it gets to the point where you can be direct and it's still BS. It's just loud. Talk well, then you have to read at the other the other tips. Right. So. OK. Yeah. So, so this please. is, by the way. Sure, I will. And this is from um, the chapter, Know Your Purpose, Know Your Audience, because whatever politically people think, I think everyone can agree that he's a master PR man communicator. He's been able to keep the world thinking about his cause for a very long time. I think it's the reason, honestly, the reason there even has been a fight put up is because he was able to garner support, at least initially. And so, yes, so there's the direct style we talked about that you that you talked about. But um, the one right after that is find a common thread with those you're talking to. That's one. Another one is combine your passion for your cause with humility. And that's a big one that I think some of those direct opponents of each other are missing. So it says combine your passion for your cause with humility and support it with facts to prove your point. Another thing I found in these fights, I've also been watching these debates. um, They're just like insults. Yeah. Without the backup. So, um, you know, he bolstered his speeches with videos, for example. He talked about suffering, but he also continually kept gratitude as part of his presentation. He would say, I'm so grateful to the people of America. I'm so grateful to the people of Great Britain when he would talk in his speeches. I'm so grateful for the support we're getting. So I think, um, you know, there's be specific in your ask, which he would do, but have a secondary ask if you know your primary one won't be answered. These are good for negotiations or for meetings, business meetings, make your listeners feel valued. And then the the last tip being, remember when you're speaking publicly or one-on-one, while you're not Zelensky, you're you. So stay true to yourself, bring you, the you is you part, you know, to the table. Like we, you know, even as a writer, I've had publicity training And I've noticed this and it bothered me a little. I've noticed that one of the things we do in America is we have a way, like this is how you do it. You come up and you do this and you show your confidence and show your, you know, there's there's things that that we're taught that I think sometimes go against a stronger choice of just bringing yourself. If you're confident, bring your confidence. If you're feeling sad, you know, he's, he's teared up in interviews. I think bringing your humanity is just as important as the rules were taught for public speaking sometimes. 
Uh, I agree with that. That's a great point. So he also says in the next chapter, actually just be real. And that's part of that being yourself, the importance of that authenticity. And I think we lose a lot of that, particularly when, as you say, we watch in the politicians kind of go back and forth. Um, it's kind of hard to know who who these people are. So what else do we need to know about uh, Zelensky and his teachings? So one of the things I talk about in the book is this: these lessons for me, they stand regardless of the outcome of this war. And they stand not because Zelensky's perfect. And there's several points in, in the book where I point out this is not about perfection. So, for example, maybe Klitschko's right about some of his points. This is not because we're, we're human beings. Everyone's a human being. So this is not about being perfect. And many times he said himself, I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm just human. They asked him, how do you want to be remembered? He said, definitely not as a hero, as a human being who loves his family, loves his country. Mm -hmm. And when asked, like, what do you dream of? He's like, I just dream of going to the sea, to Crimea. I dream, He said, I want to see the sea. So what I want people to know is, that, you know, within the book, there's more of these um, conversations from the interviews that he's done. Um, he's He is just a regular person who loves his family, as, as, as he says. And in his job as president, he's had to really look out, not just for his own children, but for the children of Ukraine. And I think that a lot of, what Zelensky and the Ukrainians are trying to accomplish comes from this love of family and love of children and wanting to see their future generations have opportunity and freedom. Mm -hmm. So that to me as an immigrant who comes from uh, the oppressive Soviet Union, that's the reason I'm so tied to this cause is because I feel that innately. So I have two uh, children in America and they're so American in the way, in the wonderful way that I didn't get to have, I see the freedom in them that is in, it's an innate freedom. And it's a freedom you can only have when you're born into freedom. And so for me, that's what um, this cause is about. And that's what brings me back to the root of these lessons of what can we take from these lessons? This is what remaining real is about, like staying true to yourself. It's, it's, staying authentic. It's going after what you want and working hard. It's pretty simple. All of these lessons, they're not like, wow, I never thought of that. You probably have, probably you have thought of this. And this is just a reminder. It's about staying true to that. What are we, what are we all trying to do? What do we want for ourselves? What is the vision we want for our families and work, working towards it and keeping the humility going perfect or not perfect. You know, you fall, you get back up again, you keep trying. So that is what I learned from Zelensky. And that's what I try to uphold. Honestly, in writing this book, it changed me and how I approach mm -hmm. things in my life as well. And, the, and the, that's, that's a great insight and an excellent book. The book is called Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. My special guest, Jesse Asa Kanzer, here's the book again for those who are on YouTube or Rumble, Lessons We Can All Learn from an Unexpected Leader. One of the uh, other items that he mentions is the importance of sports, even in times of strife and times of war, as sports and the arts, just to keep things going, having those human spirit uh, things available for people that they can relate to, even when the stress level is really high. Yes, and I love that. Thank you for bringing that up as well, because we... We forget that not just in times of war, we forget that in times of hardship in our own lives. Like one of the first things to go and I, you know, I see that I'm a mom and there's some moms that are juggling everything. And I, I see that one of the first things to go is self-care. But if we watch Zelensky throughout this process, 
he's in his army tees and we see that he keeps working out. We know that they ask him, he said he works out to ACDC. That's what he likes. <laughs> so, um, that is, he, he talks about the importance of, and keeping humor as well. You know, if you don't keep that humanity alive within yourself, then the point, there's no point of whatever else you're doing. So continuing to, to take care of yourself. There's a chapter I have about, about using your energy wisely. And, you know, we all leak energy here and there. We scroll too much, whatever we do. Right. To remember to take care of ourselves. And on a country level, on a macro level, he talks about the importance of, you know, the chess players in Ukraine and the, the soccer players in Ukraine. Because what's a country if it's just soldiers? That's not what it's really about. It's about those scientists and those artists, like you said, and those, you know, sports that that make people happy. It's about all remembering all that joy of life, whether it's on that macro level, a country at war on, or in our own lives when we're struggling. Now, uh, I, we touched on it earlier, but I think it's a really important point. And that is the the size of Ukraine. People don't realize that you yeah. see it on the map or you hear about it yeah. on the news. I mean, it's if you dropped Ukraine over the U.S. map, how much area would it cover? That's a good question. Um, a lot. <laughs> like it's, a it's, bigger lot. Than, it's like it's bigger than Texas or something. Like no, no, that. no. It's much bigger. It's much right. bigger than Texas. It would, it would be a chunk of us. I mean, every country in Europe is usually small, smaller in comparison. Ukraine is not small. And look, Putin is not dumb. There are many things, ways to describe him. He's not dumb. The reason he wants Ukraine is because Ukraine is such a fertile land. It has a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. What What do you want um, our audience to know about uh ukraine that they may not be getting on the news without getting political what do, what do you want them to know about the ukrainian people about the country the culture and uh anything else the ukrainian people um have suffered uh at the hands of the soviet union long before this i don't know if people know this i mean they were during the stalin era they were forcibly starved so stalin troops came it's called holodomor they came and they took all of their grains and millions of people died. They starved at their hands. Um, Russia has been trying to wipe Ukraine as a culture off the map for a long time. This, this is a fact. This is not just me getting political. Just, it, you know, it, it could be Google. This is factually, historically true. Um, so it's not just something current, like we don't get along with these people. It's really a... Um, existential sort of struggle right now. And the reason that I find it important is because, again, as you said, Ukraine's a big, big country. I think it I think if ultimately Ukraine is able to succeed and just stay, succeed by just remaining a developing modern country, I think it would be really, really beneficial for Europe as a whole. It, it, there's a lot of talent within Ukraine, a lot of artistic talent, um, uh, IT talent. IT, the IT sector has been doing well even during the war within Ukraine. Um, and uh, to me, I would love for all of the world to be a, a place where people get to pursue their talents, do their best, have opportunities. So for me, the more of, the bigger section, the more of the world that gets to be like that, the better it is. And just to be fair, so what would a Russian's response to that be? Put, the, put that hat on if emotionally you can do that and say, well, yeah. you haven't pointed out the fact that, no, we don't want to, uh, we're not an existential threat. And 
really that Ukraine should be part of Russia. It always had been up, up till recently. We don't necessarily um, accept the fact that it's kind of on its own now. It's been, you know, been influenced by the West, et cetera. What, what would the Russians say to that? Um, the, I mean, it's hard for me to put on that hat because Ukraine wasn't dependent. I mean, this, this is again, this, you know what, it, it's um, a very good example of how hard it is for mm -hmm. us to know what the truth is now as a whole, because everybody has their own truth. I think the biggest thing that a Russian would say that I could understand um, is that they feel threatened by the West okay. and that having yet another, you know, they really, the thing is the Russians really, um, Putin, I'm going to say Russians as people, Putin and people who support Putin really fear America and they fear American power. And they would just say, Ukraine is just another, it's going to be a satellite American right. country. And that is a danger to us directly. Okay. So they feel endangered by being up against an American satellite right next to them. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you mentioned one last thing, because I want to re really bring it down to the people again, the the joy. You mentioned with all the stuff going on and all the things that Ukrainians have, have had to go through over the years, you mentioned the sense of joy was the first thing you mentioned. Tell us about that a little bit more. Because this was also my first memory, um, but I've seen it again and again. Like They have been very adamant. Kiev wasn't, was getting bombed for a while. And was under threat, under attack. But as soon as they would come up from their shelters, the bomb shelters, the cafes would reopen. And uh, the opera reopened as soon as it could. And the theater reopened. And they really try to live as best they can under these circumstances. They're, they're not, they don't give in to fear. And there's a chapter in Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky about, you know, choosing love over fear. I think that they've been very good at that. They've been very good because, again, what I even talked about, you know, Russia's point of view of they fear um, American, an American friendly country being right next to them. The thing is, from my own upbringing early on within the Soviet Union, I know that it is a, it is a country that operates on fear. And I think most autocracies do. They control people because they have, they're afraid of what would happen if they didn't control people. So there's things like that. I love this opposite kind of way of living that I saw in Ukraine, even in the Soviet days, but that's really blossomed. And it's the opposite of fear. It's embracing life in the moment, even if this moment is all you've got. Okay, excellent. Unlocking your inner Zelensky, my special guest, Jesse Asa Kanzer, lessons we can all learn from an unexpected leader. So, uh, you know, we did tap into the politics a little bit, but I thought it was important to have some type of context. I think really the takeaway is the lessons that an individual, like him or not, Zelensky's going through. He's had an incredible story, personal story, and some of the lessons um, that he serves up without trying to really serve up lessons, the takeaway from some of his experiences are something that we can all add to our day-to-day -day existence to be the best people we can be. So Jesse, thank you for being on the show. Where can people find out more about you and your work? Thanks. So jessiekanzer.com, J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R.com. That's where all of my um, information is about this current book, my last book that you mentioned, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing. And then my books are everywhere books are sold, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, indie bookstores. And by the way, this book is also available as an audiobook. 
um, narrated by a very talented uh, artist as well. So there's different versions, a Kindle. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Let's all hope for peace in the new year. And uh, like, let's get together, people. It's one world. We're all connected. I know things are complicated, but hopefully love will overcome it all. And I don't mean to sound like Nelly naive here but it's really we have to tap into the love and uh, the fact that we're all humans and let's let's not be always fighting all right so guys guys radio thank you jesse for being on the show jesse asa kanzer guys guys thank radio. you so much thank you it's guys guy radio Okay, a terrific conversation with Jesse Kanzer about the leader of Ukraine's Vladimir Zelensky and his personal path and journey from just being a regular guy to president of the Ukraine. And once again, he was star of a TV series about a guy, a regular guy becomes president, and sure enough, that's what happens to him. But there's a lot of great lessons, life lessons in the book about um, things like thinking about how may I serve, how anybody can really tap into their inner strength and spirit and become the person they want to be and be in a position to impact the world and make it a better place. Um, how to uh, tap into your faith, how to use your energy wisely, how to, how, to, how to use power in a responsible way and do things one step at a time, being mindful and also being there for others. Now, these are the components of the book. You can, again, ask yourself, okay, am I on this side or that side in terms of the political aspect of it, what's going on with Ukraine and Russia? But there's no doubt, wherever your politics are, that Zelensky has done a magnificent job as an individual, making the best of the hand he's been dealt, and now he's on the world stage, and everybody's watching what's going on there in the Ukraine. Can they stave off this invasion? And what's it going to take to do that? And this guy's an effective communicator. He, again, regular guy, becomes president. And like, wow, uh, it's just an incredible story. So check it out. Once again, the name of the book is Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky by Jesse Asya Kanzer. Guys, guys, radio, we're here on KCAA Radio in Southern California every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m. The show rebroadcasts on KCAA every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. KCAA also has, you know, they have a website, they have their own podcast version. You can listen live, you can stream, you can download. It's a lot of ways you can get the show uh, beyond just a terrestrial listening uh, on Wednesday evening or Sunday evening. So you can get the show pretty much when you want if you go onto KCAA. We also have our podcast. We also have our worldwide podcast that's downloaded in over 100 countries. It charts all over the world. So any of the popular platforms carries Guys Guys Radio. So again, you can download those anywhere pretty much. And we're also on UK Health Radio all weekend long, four times every weekend, plus on demand. Uh, UK Health Radio is the world's largest talk health station in the world. Uh, it's digital, so it's on the internet. And we have our YouTube and our Rumble version of the show also that uh, 
they post throughout the day on Thursday, so you can watch the interview portion of the show if you want. So there's really lots of places to find us here on Guys Guys Radio and what we call Guys Guys TV, which is the video uh, portion and version of the show. So I would like you, if you like the guests and content I bring you each and every week to the show, do us a favor and please subscribe to whatever platform you follow us on. And follow us if you don't follow us, and also rate, review, whatever. We're really trying to build the YouTube channel, so if you can subscribe there, that would be great. You can also find more about me and my work on my website, robertmanni.com. Got over 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, dating, relationships, sex, wealth, health, wellness, lifestyle, all kinds of stuff there that you can tap into for free. And while you're there, you can download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is uh, a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. It's about two guys in advertising in New York competing for love, sex, power, and money. It's been called The Men's Successor to Sex in the City. Great stocking stuffer. Uh, you can download three free chapters and then order the ebook or the physical book. So, Guys Guys Radio, we're here for you every week. I've got more content, actually. UK Health Radio has a digital magazine. It's called Health Triangle Magazine. I write a monthly column there called Aging is a Choice, and it's about my own personal journey and the narrative that we're faced with in terms of how aging is viewed in our culture, which I think is does people a disservice because there's so much that we can do as we age and so much we can contribute. It's a matter of taking good care of ourselves, being positive, having a vision, and really making things happen. And it's all possible. I write about my journey and uh, some other things having to do with aging every month for Health Triangle Magazine, part of UK Health Radio. So you can check that out also. I'm here every week for you. I love doing the show. And we're approaching our 600th episode of Guys Guys Radio. So thank you so much for your support. I want to thank all the wonderful guests I've interviewed and gotten to know over the years. And there's so many more coming up. I've gotten such an education. I hope you're getting that also if you've been listening and following the show. I want to thank my wonderful producer, Chris, my strategy lead, Ryan. Uh, Most of all, I want to thank you, my listeners and viewers, uh, for your support getting the word out there for your subscriptions, and just uh, being part of our journey of making this world a better place through taking information we get from these thought leaders I bring you to the show and extracting what works for each one of us in terms of living our best lives. So Guys Guys Radio, I'll see you next week. I hope uh, you celebrate. If you're celebrating, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is you're celebrating, have a good one. And until then, I'm going to see you next week. And uh, as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.